can I share with the church? It's not a long message, but, but I, I, ha- I heard a phrase in my heart, and I didn't even know where it's from, hope springs eternal. That's what I heard. Hope springs eternal. And I didn't know where that came from. I didn't know, do you, any, I don't know if any of you that are literary, literary experts know where that came from, but it came from a, from a poem written by Alexander Pope in 1733, and it was a poem that changed the optimism of Europe uh, by, by saying that God, there's always hope. God always brings hope. And so I felt like when I heard that phrase, which I don't think I'd ever heard before, that I should preach a little message on hope today. So I want to talk to you a little bit about hope. You know, uh, there's three things the Bible says are going to endure forever. Faith, hope, and love. And so at least one-third of our life should be filled with hope. And it's interesting, in 1 Thessalonians 1.3, I think that might be the first uh, scripture up there, it says that here's the Christian life. The Christian life is a work of faith, a labor of love, and patience of hope. And isn't it interesting that, that patience of hope, what, what hope does, what biblical hope does, it gives you the staying power and the patience and the courage to get through whatever you're going through in life. And so that's why hope is such an important thing. And biblical hope is not hope so, it's confident expectation of the goodness of God. That's what hope is. And, 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 and I want to just talk about that for a minute, because when we think about hope, it's, it's, it's such a powerful, uh, wonderful thing. You know, the uh, biblical hope, uh, Abraham, it says of Abraham in Romans chapter 4, that against hope, he believed in hope. When, when earthly hope is gone, biblical hope kicks in and it comes at the darkest times. It, it, it can come strongly at the darkest times of our life. There's a, a friend of ours that, uh, he's a great pastor in Hawaii, uh, Elvin uh, Ayu is his name, and he wrote a book called Resilient Hope, and he was going through uh, leukemia in his life, and you know, close to death several times. And and in, in the introduction to his book, his son uh, writes this about hope, and I, I just I just wanted to read it because it's such an excellent thing. And he referred to an event that happened in 1993, and it, some of you might remember Mike Tyson, the great boxer, and uh, a miracle happened in 1993. Buster Douglas knocked Mike Tyson out and won the heavyweight title. It was an impossible thing. There was no hope for it happening. And so he refers to that event, and then he writes this about hope. Hope is a peculiar thing. Without it, we are buried under the the, uh, mountains of doubt, anger, cynicism, and unforgiveness. But our greatest obstacles are put in perspective, and our focus shifts from problem to solution when hope comes in. And the heavyweight champions of the world are suddenly beatable, you know. And so what we're praying for, for Sean and for his family is biblical hope, biblical hope to come in. And so I just want to uh, do a short message on hope by showing you uh, four pictures. If you look up here, it's interesting that hope in the scripture is described by, uh, first of all, an anchor. It, it, it's by, it, hope is called an anchor. It's called a door. It's called a helmet, and it's called a rope. And so I just want to leave that simple illustration for all of us today, that, that God would let hope be an anchor, would be a helmet, be, would be a rope, and would be the things that we talk about today. First of all, uh, 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 hope is an anchor. Here's what it says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 19. This hope we have as an anchor for the soul 
both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has went for us, even Jesus, who's become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The reason why hope can be an anchor is that our hope as Christians goes right from where we are to the very throne of God, to the person of Jesus Christ. The reason why our hope is so powerful is that 1 Timothy 1.1 says that our hope is a person. Our hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our hope. And Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 1, says we now have a living hope. A, a hope that, that in the midst of living, that we can always find that hope. So hope, the hope being an anchor, that, 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 that it's, you're not just out there alone, but that it's anchored to the very throne of God, to, to the person of Jesus Christ. I, I think of a, I think we have another picture. Can we put that picture up there? Of, uh, this this uh, bronze statue is outside Fuller Seminary. And every time I go, go there and look at that statue, I, I, I just, I think about Isaiah 53. And one of the, one of the words that, that I think that helps us realize why the Lord can always bring hope to us is the word vicarious. It's, it's a, you know, a theological word that means that Jesus Christ did, he died for us and he, and so that he can be with us. And in, the, in, the, in Isaiah 53, it, it describes all that Jesus Christ went through here on earth on the cross. And when I've, when I've studied that passage of scripture, I think every single infirmity of the soul, mind, and body that a person has went through, Jesus went through for us. He went through for us. And that's why when our, our that no matter what you're going through, Jesus, Jesus is there with you. You know, that, that's such a comforting thought, isn't it? Isn't it a comforting thought? It, by, he, he vicariously went all, the, all through all these things for us so that he can be with us in whatever we're going through. So there's always hope when Jesus Christ is our hope. So hope is an anchor, is an anchor for our soul. And so whatever you're going through today, may the, may the Lord uh, be the anchor that he has for us today in our lives. The second thing that hope is, hope's a door. It says in Hosea chapter 215 that the Lord will open a door in the valley of Achor. And Achor means trouble. It means that whenever you're in a troubled situation, look for a door. Look for a door. God will always open a door for you to be able to get, to, to get through that situation. And, and God's going to open a door of strength for, for every one of your family members, Sean, and for, for all of you during this time. You know, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the door that in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says that, that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. You know, that, that verse has been a verse that many saints that have went through difficult times down through the ages have laid their head on and, and said, Lord, somehow can you work this together for good? You know, isn't that, haven't you quoted that verse before? Certainly you have before. And, and it doesn't mean that everything is good, but it means in everything, in everything, God can work all things together for good. And I've thought about that verse a lot. And if you read the next verse, the next two verses of Romans chapter 8, uh, here's, what it, here's what these verses said. It says, he, uh, for, uh, uh, for, and we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and to those that are called according to his purpose. But then listen to the next verse, and I think it explains why God can do that. No matter what the situation is, he can work the, the, the situation together for our good. And it says he also... Uh, uh, 
For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that it might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, moreover, whom he predestines, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Well, that's a lot of words, but what it's saying is that God, when you gave your life to Christ, God sees your whole life all at once. He lives in the eternal present. So he sees every decision, everything that's happened in your life, he sees it all at once. And he, as the master of all things, can work even the difficult, painful things in our life together for our good. What a powerful truth to hold on to, that God can, can do that in our life. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there's no temptation that's overtaken you, do not common man. But God will open a door and make a way out. So hope is a door. There's always a door. There's always a door that's open that, that the Lord, if that door uh, might be open through a scripture, through a, a, something that a friend says, through many things. But, but, but when we go through situations as Christians, always look for a door of hope. Always look for a door of hope, a thought that's there. A story that I, I tell, I, I just, I don't re- reason I thought about this again, but one of, the, one of the things before I became a believer, I was drafted in the Army, and I was in Vietnam. And, and uh, one time, uh, I was where I wasn't supposed to be. Way, way, I got into an area where I, where I shouldn't have been, and I, I think that night I was going to lose my life. I could feel that. I could feel the voice saying, I was lost. I didn't know where I was, and I needed to get back to my unit. I mean, it, it was a horrible, frightening experience. And all of a sudden, out of the middle of that, I had a thought that the ocean was this way. And, and I knew our unit was by the ocean. So I just start. I mean, I, my heart even beats fast thinking about that that night. And so I just started moving in that direction slowly and found, found my way back. But I thought about, that was a door of hope, wasn't it? It was a dark, dark time for me, but a door of hope opened. Wherever you are, look for that door of hope. God promises that, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you and that there'll always be a door of hope that opens. And so there's, even in this situation, there's hope. There's hope. There's biblical hope, the strong, confident expectation of the goodness of God. You know, the Bible says faith is now, but you know what hope is? Hope is faith, faith is now hope for tomorrow. So that you think tomorrow I'll have faith too, because that's what hope is. Hope is such a strong, wonderful thing, and we're praying. As we'll pray Romans 15, 13 in a minute, that last verse of that, of that verse that's there. And then the next thing that hope is, hope's a helmet. It's a helmet. The helmet that we, in First Thessalonians 5, 8, it says, the, as, a, as a helmet, the hope of salvation. You know, the, uh, there's a book called Battlefield of the Mind. And, and a lot of times the, the, by Francis Frangipane. I, I think I said his name right. But anyway, the mind is where, where, where that, that hope is such an important thing to have the, the hope of Jesus Christ as a helmet on our mind, uh, around our minds and around our thoughts that, that would protect us in, in difficult times like that. That, that uh, Zechariah says, flee to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. And I thought about how that... Uh, I heard the story of a little girl that, that she says, how did you overcome bad thoughts and scary thoughts that come? And she said, here's what I do. I just ask Jesus to answer the door. You know, isn't that a good, simple phrase, you know, that, that our minds, that's where that hopelessness comes in. One of the greatest indications that we're dealing with the enemy of our soul is when we feel hopeless. Because God is the God of all hope. And, 
and, and, and we're dealing with hopelessness. We're being attacked by the enemy, and, and the, Lord, the Lord wants to bring hope. He wants that, uh, that safeguard. You know, our, our stinking thinking can really ruin our lives, can't we? Our, you know, the, we have, I think, at least scholars say 6,000, some say up to 60,000 thoughts a day, and, and the key is taking every thought in obedience to the, of Christ, where you, can, you have a safe mind. I thought about uh, uh, Romans 12, 12 says, uh, Romans 1 says we have the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ. Have you thought about that before, that you as a believer have the mind of Christ? What is that, how does that come out in, in real life? I, I've thought a lot lately about that. We have the mind of Christ because Christ is in us. Amen. Christ is in us. Jesus Christ is in us. He, the Bible calls him the hope of glory. Not just the hope of glory in the future, but the hope of glory now. And so as I come to a situation and my mind is dark and clouded, I have the mind of Christ. The, the very mind that Jesus Christ is in me, and he can bring thoughts of hope and comfort to us in the, in the midst of that. that. That's a powerful thing to, for us to think about. I, I've thought a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot uh, lately about, I don't know if any of you have read the book, uh, Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. It's a book that's been passed down through the church ages. And one of his disciples is Frank Laubach, who was a missionary to the Philippines. And, and, uh, and the, the goal is to try to, to, here's what he says, to make Jesus Christ the object of all your thoughts and the companion of all your conversations to make each moment gloriously rich. Isn't that a great quote to live by? What he's saying is he's saying, just acknowledge that Christ is in you and Christ is with you and he's always there. And so when your thinking gets crosswise, say, Lord, wait a minute. What, 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 how, what's the mind of Christ here? How should I view that? What, what a powerful thing that we, that we can learn to, to wear as a helmet. A, a helmet of hope and, and be able to be protected by the, those thoughts that come to us. So that, that's a powerful thing. And realizing that the Lord is, is always with us, you know, that, that he's always there. I, you know, I, I, just to share another quick story, I, I think of these stories. That's a good thing about sometimes being able to travel. Uh, I pastored the same church for 40 years, and now I, I get to be out a lot. I can tell all the stories I want because they, they, you haven't heard them before. But, but, you know, sometimes our theology is, is greatly affected by experiences. And, and I remember shortly after I had got saved, I got back from Vietnam, I got saved, and, and, and I, I was so thankful for what Jesus did for me, that that day I told, I was working for the state grain inspection in Salina, Kansas, where we pastored the church there. Uh, that's where we eventually went back home to pastor the church. But but I had I told the Lord that day I wasn't going to eat anything or drink anything, that I was going to, uh, just to tell him how much I loved him. And so and so that day I got off work harvest time. I was hot working for the state grain inspection. Hot. I went to the YMCA and no one was in the locker room but me. I, was, I went to the locker room and I sat down beside a pop machine and the locker room and as soon as I sat down a can of Gatorade popped out of that machine you know and, and the reason why I tell that story you say well you know maybe somebody put money in earlier but that event profoundly affected my theology and what it, what it showed me is that God was watching that sacrifice I made that day and what I determined that day as a young believer is that I can live my life as, we, as if Jesus is right there all the time and every time you think toward him, every time you, you look toward him, he's always there. And he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Our worship said, this church, this, this church has worship like none other. You're a flagship for worship. You always have been. And that the presence of Jesus is what we need, don't we? And, the, and what I learned that day is that, that 
every, that I could live my life for the, for the uh, audience of one, that no one else was really watching but him. And so that, that we, can, we can wear that, that helmet of salvation by when, we, when we, we're, we're in trouble, we can say, okay, Jesus, you know, help me here. What, what do you think about this situation? So, so uh, hope is a helmet. And, and then one other, and then I want to just close with one thing. Hope's a rope. That's, that's interesting, isn't it, that hope's a rope. The, the main Hebrew word for hope in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the, the hope is, is a picture of a rope. Remember the scarlet rope that, that Rahab put around the window? That word there is hope. So how is rope, how is hope a rope, you know? And, and, I, and what I thought of, I thought about, uh, uh, Sean had been a youth pastor for years and a wonderful youth pastor, but I remember I went to a youth retreat one time and uh, the, the leaders had the great idea of taking everybody on a midnight hike. You know, midnight hikes, you know, they take you to. And it was really dark that night. And he had a big, thick rope like that. It was a long rope. And I don't know how many kids we had there, quite a few. And he told all of them to hold on to that rope. And you couldn't see anything. But the leader knew exactly where we were going. And he led that whole group of kids, as long as they held on to the rope, to safety. We took a long hike, didn't have any trouble at all. As long as each kid had, a, as a teenager had a hold of that rope, they were saved. And that's what hope is. Hope is a rope that we can always get a hold of, to get a hold of that uh, Jesus Christ. And so whenever we go through a difficult time, somehow search till you find the face of Jesus, right? That's, that's what we need to do. We need to, to find the face of Jesus because he'll bring hope in the midst of that. You know, I have, we have seven grandkids, and, and one of my uh, grandsons, a uh, little five-year-old, uh, loves uh, Finding Waldo books. Have any of you ever know what Finding Waldo books is? A little guy with the, yeah, the, I see some of the kids with the red and white shirt, and they show thousands of pictures, and you're supposed to find Waldo in the midst, the midst of the picture, right? And this little guy, I, I always try to beat him through the pages. He beats me every single time. I can never find Waldo as fast as he can. Listen, as believers... We need to have quick eyes to find Jesus. Find Jesus. Somehow. Some, he's there. I mean, it may be cloudy, might be dark, but he's there. Can you find Jesus? Just find the face of Jesus, and you'll find hope in the midst of that. I mean, the saints of the ages have all done that, to somehow to find the face of Jesus. We had a, one of our assistant pastors, uh, we had kids played sports together, and he had this ugly orange visor, you know, that he'd wear to all the football games and stuff. And so we'd go to a big crowd, and he would say, just look for the orange visor, you know. And so I'd, I'd stand back when I would go and sit by him at the games because our kids played together. And I'd look up there, and sure enough, if you look careful enough, that orange visor stood out, you know. That's we need to be able to find the face of Jesus. Get a hold of that rope, and we'll get through the most difficult times in our life. So hope, biblical hope. Biblical hope is an anchor, an anchor for your soul because it's anchored to the person of Jesus Christ, isn't it? And, and biblical hope is a, is a, uh, a door. That, that's always, there'll always be a door. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Look for the door because the Lord will bring that door through another person, through a scripture, through an event, through a circumstance. There's always a door that's open, uh, open for that. Uh, biblical hope is a helmet to, to, to protect our thinking. And biblical hope is a rope that we can always get a hold of. And the last thing I just want to say about hope is the, the capital H hope is the blessed hope of Jesus Christ coming back to this earth, isn't it? You know, that Titus calls it 
looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing and the blessed total hope that we have for, for this universe and the things that are happening is that Jesus Christ is coming back, isn't it? And someday, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Christ and he will reign forever and ever and we will have the victory in every situation and he will wipe away every tear from our eyes and he's our, our blessed hope, the, the blessed hope of the absolute certainty of in the end, victory is won and everything is restored and all, and all wrongs are made right and every tear is wiped away from the eyes. That, that, that's the blessed hope we have, right? We win. We, uh, thanks be unto God who's given us the victory. We don't, we don't, we don't uh, fight for victory. He's given us the victory in Jesus Christ. You know, uh, one uh, last illustration story I think of, and I'll close with this and just pray for all of us, that, because I just felt like a, a message of hope would be encouraging to, to Sean and his family and to the whole church during this time. But, but uh, my, my sons and I have three sons, not daughter, but but we love uh, Kansas University basketball. I don't know if we have any Kansas University basketball fans. Probably not up in South Dakota, but they did win the national championship last year. You know, but but we we would watch games uh, uh, all together, and, and I would watch a basketball KU basketball game. Been a KU basketball for a long time, and I was appalled at how uh, upset I'd get watching the game. You know, I'd watch, I'd just get mad if they were behind or at the refs, and and it was horrible. And I, I really almost couldn't control. I thought I'm a, a it was almost sinning the way I was watching the game. So I decided I'd get to do something because it wasn't a good way to do it. So what I, what I, what I did, what I do now is I record the games, right? I record the basketball games. And if they lose, I don't even watch the game, you know. But if they win, but if they win the game, I'm, I'm going to point to this and I'll close. If, if they win, I can watch that game in perfect peace. You know, it doesn't matter if they get behind by 40 points. It doesn't matter whether the big center, Dave McCormick, or somebody falls out of the, uh, fouls out of the game. I know they're going to win, don't I? I know they're going to win because I already recorded it and saw it. L listen, as believers, our hope is we're going to win in the end. We are going to win in the end. We, we win in the end, and God wants us to live with that hope of victory in our hearts uh, continually. You know, and even in this situation, Sean and his family are going to win. If they keep all that, they're going to get through this, and God's going to give them grace. And so, so hope is such an important quality of the Christian life. And so I just want to pray a simple prayer in closing uh, for, for, for hope for, for Sean and his family, and then just for this whole wonderful congregation. What a great church you have here. So I'm going to pray Romans 15, 13, all right? And there's a great uh, uh, verse to pray for hope. Let me pray. Father, now may the God of hope fill this congregation with all joy and peace and believing and that they would abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that wonderful verse that the Apostle Paul told us to pray for this church and for this family, Lord, that you being the God of all hope, you know how to bring this hope into a way that they'll each understand it and take hold of it, Lord. But by the power of you, wonderful Holy Spirit, bring hope to this family and to this church and to every member of this family. And Lord, we just thank you for that and trust you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.